another episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast interview series presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital, featuring leading Washington University physicians covering pediatric topics of interest to doctors and healthcare professionals. Here's Melanie Cole. Over the last three decades, research and surgical innovations developed at Washington University School of Medicine have dramatically improved the outlook for pediatric renal patients. What is caring for a kidney transplant patient like for pediatricians? My guest today is Dr. Vikas Darnit Harka. He's a pediatric nephrologist and the director in the Division of Nephrology in the Department of Pediatrics at Washington University School of Medicine and St. Louis Children's Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vikas. So please tell us some of the diseases leading to end-stage renal failure in infants and children. Kind of summarize some of those for us. Hi, Melanie, and thank you for having me on the show. So the diseases that affect children and lead to a need for a kidney transplant are actually very different from those in adults. So in the adult age group, diabetes and high blood pressure form about 50% of the group. But in children, about a third of the patients have problems that were present right at birth because their kidneys didn't form well in the womb or because they had some obstructions to the urinary flow beyond the kidney, and that led to kidney failure. Another third of patients will develop glomerular diseases later on in life towards early childhood or later childhood. Those are usually diseases of the immune system. And then there is a big mix of other diseases. And even in this day and age, about 5 to 10% of patients present directly in full kidney failure with very little symptoms, and we cannot find a cause in those patients. So tell us about some of the characteristics of a pediatric renal transplant recipient that would make them a good patient for the aftercare. We try to get almost every patient to a kidney transplant rather than keeping them on dialysis. We have found over the decades that kidney transplantation, particularly if successfully done, offers a much better quality of life to these children. They are able to carry on with their schooling normally. We can replace many things with dialysis, but not everything that the kidney organ actually does for the body. So these patients have better health, better longevity, and better quality of life, unless there is an extraordinary contraindication. Uh, Most of our patients actually do go on to a kidney transplant. Obviously, the ones that are going to have a better social situation will do better. Age no longer matters. In the distant past, the youngest children were technologically more challenging from a surgical perspective. That no longer applies. And in fact, the best long-term results can be obtained in some of the youngest children. So tell us about some of the pre-transplant interventions that you might like to discuss or that you would want pediatricians involved in. Pediatricians can really help with these patients in terms of trying to complete the immunization schedule to the best extent possible um, prior to the transplant. Many of the vaccines, which are live viruses, cannot be administered post-transplant. And particularly if these children are in the toddler age group uh, between, say, one to three years of age, there might be many vaccines that they have not yet received or might be behind on. We try very hard in those situations through the pediatrician's office to get as many of those vaccines administered if possible. Uh, They don't have to be on the traditional gaps that are recommended. They can be accelerated. And getting especially the live viral vaccines such as MMR and chickenpox administered up front helps the children with immunity later and then can help their overall survival and well-being. So you mentioned vaccines and that some cannot get them pre-transplant. Let's speak about post-transplant now. 
doctor. So what about well visits? What about vaccines that they might need afterwards? How does that all set up and how do you work with a pediatrician to set up? Does it follow the normal schedule or does it have to be changed now? Once the child has a kidney transplant, except for the live viral vaccines, all the other vaccines can be administered on the traditional schedule. And we rely on the pediatrician's offices to administer these. Of particular interest is the annual flu shot. We really need our children to get that regularly. Also, the families of the children. Uh, We do not recommend the flu mist for these families, uh, even if it's not the recipient himself or herself. But we don't want that live virus anywhere in the vicinity of the child. And what about other sorts of preventive health? And, and even before that, what about drug side effects after transplant? If the pediatrician needs to give an antibiotic, if there is strep throat or bronchitis, how do some of these things tie in? Many of our patients live very far distances from our transplant center. Uh, so a lot of their primary care is managed through the local pediatrician's offices. This, these things include the um, management of a variety of simple infections. So these children are at greater risk of bigger infections, but they can get the common cold, gastroenteritis, just like anybody else. And these things, we often depend on the local pediatrician, the local laboratory, and the, even sometimes the local hospital to manage the simpler things. Anytime these children have a fever above 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.5 degrees centigrade, we do like to evaluate these children, uh, particularly for kidney transplant patients, getting a urinalysis, a urine culture, and a blood culture are some of the minimum things we would like to get. These can be done through the local pediatrician's offices. Um, urinary tract infections are a very common issue for these children. If there are bigger infections, then those often fall to us to evaluate and manage. Um, A lot of the drugs that we use, these immunosuppression medications that prevent rejection of the transplanted organ, raise that infection risk, but those drugs have their own side effects. For instance, mycophenolate is a very commonly used medication, two different forms, causes a lot of gastrointestinal side effects such as vomiting and diarrhea. Uh, Steroids, which we were using a lot of in the past and are using less of these days, cause things like uh, bloating up of the face, uh, particular type of hairiness, obesity, high blood pressure, bone weakness. So these are things that, again, the pediatrician has to be aware of to keep in mind that certain side effects occur with certain drugs. Cyclosporin causes a gum hypertrophy and bushy eyebrows. So when they are aware of these effects, they can um, pick up that the children are starting to experience things uh, before we might get to know, and then we can adjust the medications if possible. And what about sports and managing their social life and the things that children go through normally. There's a pre-participation sports physical that most schools require, doctor, but when a child has a kidney transplant, is this now different? Are they able to still do this? And what does the pediatrician need to know about that? Our goal is to have all these children live as normal a life as possible. That's the big benefit to receiving a kidney transplant. Along the way, these children ask us a lot of different questions, which uh, come into the category that you just asked about. Um, In terms of sports, the new kidney, unlike for what happens in liver, heart, and lung transplant, the new kidney is not placed where the old kidneys were. The original kidneys that we're all born with are present higher up towards the back of the belly. They're protected by muscle and rib cage, whereas the transplant kidney is placed by the surgeon in the front of the belly on the lower side, either the left, typically more commonly, and occasionally on the right. So these 
transplanted kidneys aren't quite as well protected. Uh, we do encourage our children to participate in sports. We do recommend against certain very high-contact sports that may offer direct injury to the kidney. For instance, martial arts would be something we would recommend against. And in certain sports where there is the risk of occasional direct injury, such as soccer or baseball or football, we might recommend that they wear a protective guard over that kidney transplant. Other sports, such as swimming, cycling, tennis, running, those we encourage them to participate with no restrictions whatsoever. Their children also want to know about things like sexual activity, and they can certainly participate with the appropriate uh, safeguards and general health measures that we recommend to all children. Um, they should get the human papilloma vaccine. We do recommend that if they're going to be outdoors and exposed to the sun for prolonged periods, um, they, their risk of skin cancer is much higher than the general population because of these medications. So using sunscreen very religiously every two hours is particularly important. And if they want to get tattoos, while we don't completely prohibit them, we do discourage them a little bit because of the higher risk of infection with the needles. And we do recommend that they take precautions to whatever extent possible in those situations. So in summary, doctor, tell other pediatricians what you'd like them to know about caring for a patient with a kidney transplant and when to refer to a specialist. Caring for a kidney transplant is something that will be in the pediatrician's life going forward. We are doing nationally about 700 to 800 kidney transplants a year in children, and that means there's already been more than 13 to 15,000 done, and probably five to 6,000 in the current population that have that. Um, most of the specialized care happens at a few centers, the surgical care and the immediate post-operative care and the lifelong medical management. But the pediatrician can help us in so many of these different ways that I've just described. Uh, we have a lot of experience with these kind of transplants here at St. Louis Children's Hospital. We have been doing these kind of transplants since the late 1960s, over 300 now. Uh, we have a big team with lots of experience, great results, uh, doctors with national reputation and research expertise. And we have particularly good results in terms of getting them to a transplant early. The number that wait more than a year is less than 5% in most cases. And because we nowadays do what's called a rapid steroid taper, uh, we're able to keep some of the drug side effects and the cosmetic issues to a much lower degree of impact than we had before. And what can a pediatrician expect from your team after referral insofar as communication with the referring physician and your team approach? Once a child is referred for a kidney transplant, and these patients may be in our own dialysis program or may not have needed dialysis before or may come from the pediatrician or another nephrologist, we go through an extensive evaluation of the recipient. That includes uh, medical, surgical, psychosocial management. Um, we then send a detailed report to the pediatrician. The patient may have a living donor available or may get placed on the deceased donor list. Once the patient gets a transplant, every time we see the patient in our clinic, we send a letter to the pediatrician explaining what we did in each of these visits. And where needed, we talk to the pediatrician uh, if there is some medical issue that needs to be managed locally or if there are specific complications that have come up, such as obesity or diabetes, where the pediatrician can help with. Thank you so much for being with us today, Doctor. It's great information. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. 
That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.